0: Good morning. It's Mike Demo. This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast, uh, live edition. Wanted to record this video this morning as I'm preparing myself for attending the University of Connecticut's Entrepreneurial Boot Camp for Veterans. Going to be uh, judging the pitch competition for this year's class and It reminded me a little bit of going back to basics. See, over the last couple months, I've been doing a lot of work, helping some of my clients to grow, scale their businesses, obviously, but also identifying funding opportunities for a massive enhancement in the slope of their growth. And what I've seen across a couple different industries and with a lot of the prospective clients that come to talk to me, is a need to revert back to basics in a lot of ways. You see, I'm guilty of this too, where there's a new idea, something great going on, and oh, let's use this new flashy item, or hey, this new way to do a click funnel, or hey, this new website widget, name a thing. But at the end of the day, the fundamentals of business really don't change a ton. I was just talking to my landscaper yesterday and I gave an example to him. He's a young kid, a good guy. And I started walking through calendaring with him, zone rotations, and talking a little bit about the expectations he needs to set as a standard operating procedure. See, we're doing a couple different landscaping projects. Uh, Nothing too bougie, obviously. But on one of the cases, he needed to bring in stone for a little flower bed. Now, at this point, this project has cost a thousand bucks. I don't know. Somewhere in that range. But I've had to go out there three separate times after he'd done the work and the rock was really thin and inevitably he ends up going getting more and then there there's still you can still see the fabric like there's a lot of rock there but you can see the fabric and i had a conversation with him about this as far as the value of time and money for the clientele that he's serving in the town that i live in See, I have to believe that I'm not an outlier in this situation because, although compared to the, you know, national average for property values, size of house, I'm definitely in a top tier. <laughs> in my town, I'm kind of the small house. You know, three thousand square feet in my town is kind of a shack, and I'm okay with that because. I don't need 15 bedrooms. That's not my jam. But my point in having the conversation with him is I run my own business. My time is relatively valuable here. And at the end of the day, we're talking about mm, a couple hundred dollars in rock, add some labor. But over the course of these three times, we're having conversations about say, $400 worth of rock, but it's taken me an hour and a half out of my time to have the conversation. And I had to talk to him about who does he serve and what problem is he solving for that business? You see, I have a lawnmower. I've got a shovel. I've got rakes. And I know how to do every single thing that he's doing and how to do it rather well. But what I don't have is time. And I had to explain to him, the thing that you solve isn't always, well, this person doesn't know how to drive a lawnmower. It's actually not that hard. I could teach a kid how to do it. What you're solving is the time, the mental space required for planning out the task and just peace of mind. These clients want you to do it right the first time. The difference between a $1,000 and $1,300 on a piece of custom landscaping, it does not matter to somebody that's trying to exchange money to give themselves back time. And that goes into some of the business basics that I want to talk about today, because at the end of the day, it all comes down to standard operating procedures and a standard of care. Some of the other things I talked with my landscaper about tied directly into my first note here, but how do you attract clients? How do you onboard them? How do you serve them, retain their services and then build them out properly? And a lot of, These small businesses, there's not a lot of sophistication to this process. And that's something that I'm helping him fix. I'm helping him go through what is a zone rotation. You know, if you only want to serve the town of Redding, Connecticut, that's absolutely fine. There's four or five kind of key areas in town. So why would you want to go to one side of town and then come across another? Why don't you just set a rotation where on different days you're in different parts of town and then you can set up inside of a scheduling app that if somebody wants to have an estimate done for their property, you're available in this part of town on this day of the week and it's scheduled in. Now that person, instead of having to Go back and forth with, well, my calendar looks like this. What does your calendar look like? These are the times and dates that you're available to provide that service. It creates an easier experience. It creates less drama. They can simply see when you're available. They can book that time. If you bill for any of this stuff, you can also integrate into that calendaring application, which is going to help on the back end for things. But at the end of the day, it makes your business more efficient and it also makes your client's experience more efficient. And what I found in a lot of small businesses is that having the operating procedures just isn't, it isn't there. It's kind of a freewheeling situation. And I understand it because I've been there. I did that for years. But having a standardized process, a relatively standardized offering is going to make everybody's life easier it's going to bring down the barriers to creating the sale now this ties in with the next part that i discussed with him which was cost of goods and services because one of the things that you're paying if you don't have an efficient onboarding process is you're paying a penalty by not being able to provide more services. If you're driving around town or trying to figure it out on the fly, you're not going to be able to serve as many clients. That increases your cost of good and service. But even using the landscaping example here again, what does it actually cost to mow a lawn? And I asked this question because I understand you know gas has gone up in price, but if you figure in the sunk cost of the lawn mower, you figure you're paying $25 an hour for the labor, what does it actually cost you to just mow the lawn and how much are you charging? Start to get an idea for the net profit. Now, this is where the upcharging comes in. Do you want to make edging a standardized part of the process? And inside of your business, think about how this might look, but I figure most of us know what these topics are. Like We've all seen a freshly mowed yard that isn't edged. It looks kind of sloppy. But if the service is only mowing, that gets put to the side. It's an upcharge. Hey, for this many acres, we'll also edge in your property for blank number. But you should also know what amount of labor is it going to take to do that? How much does it cost you to do that? Equipment, maintenance, etc. Now, this same thing applies to pretty much any other field, whether it's a retail store, whether it's a medical practice or a manufacturing company, these things all apply. And that leads to the next part, which is HR. Now, you're probably not going to have a dedicated HR person. There's fractional ones available. But when it comes to the culture of your organization, what are the core tenets and beliefs that you have that you're willing to hire and fire on? If you don't know them, you're going to have a little bit of an interesting culture. I always recommend with my clients that you have a mission statement, three words or less, and then you have five to seven core tenants, characteristics that all the people inside of your business need to be a plus, you know, meaning that they exude these characteristics, pretty much all the time. Now, if you already have people working for you, there's an integration process where you help enculturate them to the new standard. But that's a pretty important thing. Because especially nowadays in the creator economy we're in, where remote work is kind of the du jour, you need to have people that are committed to working with you because they believe in the mission and they're in alignment with your values. There's enough people out there in the workplace where you can find just the right person for you. And if you can boldly proclaim what your standards are, You're going to attract the right people because the ones that don't fit that, they're probably not going to apply. Which leads to my next question, who do you serve? In the financial space, I've worked with a couple thousand financial advisors at this point. And one of the questions that I ask is, who do you serve? Oh, I'll work with anybody. Okay, great. Granted, I have the same financial licenses, but I don't serve everybody. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people I just won't work with and that's totally fine. But for you, who do you serve? So as a financial advisor, do you only want to work with using the military experience? Somebody that has thrift savings plans, was in the military. Do you only want to work with teachers? Do you only want to work with women? There's a big specialty for, say, divorced women in professional practices. It's an example. Do you only want to work with business owners that work in this industry? You see, the difference between the financial advisor that makes $30,000 a year. And the one that makes a million dollars a year is they know who they serve and they have a process to serve them. This applies across every business. There's a Pareto principle. The 20% that are doing more business, they just have a better focus. They don't have better clients because of something. They attracted the right people because they knew who they served. It's just that's how that started. And the last piece that I want to talk about on this little bit shorter episode is delegation. One of the reasons my first business failed was I had to do everything. I was the recruiter. I did the books. I did the training. I did the follow-up meetings. I helped clean the office, for God's sakes. Um, My wife might be surprised by that. I did all of these things. And it burned me out. In business, if you feel like you just have to go, 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 and everybody's coming to you, that's because you don't have the right systems in place and you don't have proper delegation in place. People are coming to you because they haven't been given clear guidance on how to do it. It takes a little bit of time, but going back to those SOPs, if you take the time to document your process, other people, can follow it. Now, for the people that are engaged with me inside of my consultancy, we do a lot of work with streamlining those processes, following Lean Six practices, using the agile methodologies to make it more efficient. But start with the basics and then you can fix it and make it more efficient and iterative process. If you can't delegate down to somebody after giving them proper guidance. That might mean that you made a hiring mistake. Now, I don't say fire people just off the bat. It's your job since you brought them on board to work with them and give them the best opportunity to be successful. But if it isn't going to work, you're going to have to retain new talent to take over that role, which again goes back up to my point about the core tenets. You see, the basics of business, the song sounds a little bit different, but the lyrics are pretty much the same. So if you can manage some of these blocking and tackling type situations, regardless of where you are as an organization now, it's going to be the building block to take you from where you are to where you want to go. I'm Mike Demo. If you found value in this and you're listening to this on iTunes, on Amazon Music, which seems to be a big thing, on Spotify, which is another big channel, do me a favor and leave a review. Uh, If you're seeing this on the social media platforms, leave me a message, throw a like on there. The amount of listenership I've had since I relaunched the podcast has been significant. And I'm trying to get this podcast to a point where more people can see the message. You know, it's not monetized. This is literally just trying to create value for you. But if you do have additional questions, obviously on the social media platforms, you directly know how to reach out to me. But my website, growwithdelta.com, is up. It's in a bit of a baby phase, but I'm a big believer in minimum viable products. And that's exactly what I've delivered. Take a look at it. There's a way to reach out to me there, schedule time on my calendar. I'm happy to help serve you. In whichever way I can. Have a great day.